Welcome to episode one of the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Decker. If you found your way here, this is the podcast that covers the kayak tournament trails in North Carolina and beyond. I'm really excited to be doing this podcast. It's something I've been wanting to do for uh, for a little while now, and I just haven't had the uh, haven't had the time to do it yet. My life has been really busy since about October between covering the college series and high school series events for Bassmaster.com to moving into a new house with my wife here in Greenville to going home for Christmas and working a working a seasonal job for UPS. It's been it's been crazy around around my house and my life so far this uh, this winter, and hopefully uh, hopefully we can get some time to slow down here before too long. Um, I think my my UPS time is about up. Um, I mean, over Christmas, man, it was it was crazy. We had we had so many so many deliveries while with the driver I was helping. Um, for those of you who don't know, UPS hires uh, hires seasonal helpers to ride in the trucks with their with their full time drivers, and the essential task is uh, walking off walking off packages and delivering them to the two front porches and uh, whoever if anybody's standing out there deliver deliver it directly to the customer while the full-time driver organizes the truck or delivers another package as well um it was a pretty fun job i mean i've done it before and it's 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 a little taxing on the body um obviously there's heavy boxes and a lot of walking but i I enjoy physical labor, so it was it was pretty easy for me. Um, the worst part about the job was uh, were the dogs and trying to figure out which which dog was a good dog and which dog was a bad dog, and you can never tell because no matter how friendly you think your own dog is, they all change when you when a UPS driver brings up a uh, brings a brown box to the door. And you never know exactly how they're going to react to you, so you have to stay on your toes. Um, and then there was that one time where I, uh, where I walked up to a house that had the uh, the front door open and only the storm door, and the uh, only the storm door closed, and this uh, this guy walks by fully naked right in front of me as I'm delivering his uh, his uh, package. To the front porch. Uh, phrasing wasn't great there. So yeah, that's a uh, that's the type of thing you deal with. Though it was it was so funny because I delivered the uh, I was I was in the process of putting it right down on the porch and he comes walking by. It takes him a second to notice I was there. And he looked straight looked at me dead in the eye and just waved at me. And I was like, okay, dude, goodbye now. Keep on going, but uh, no, it was a it was a good it was a good seasonal job and earned me some uh, earned me some extra money for the Christmas season. But it took away from my fishing time, and I'm ready to uh, ready to get back out on the water and see what a uh, see what I can do this year and build off of a uh, build off of a uh, pretty a pretty decent 2020 season for me. 
I've fished the uh, the CKA series and finished tenth in the tenth in the points as a rookie as a first time uh, first time kayak tournament angler, and I you know it was it was a really good season. I should have I should have won a couple tournaments, but I'm ready to see what uh what 2021 has in store for me. The that the 2021 season is pretty much uh pretty much upon us right now too, as the uh, the Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing Tournament Series is uh is starting up too. The tournament series based out of Charlotte, their season starts at Lake James on January 9th, which is just right around the corner. Um, registration opened up on January 1st, I think, and they already have. Uh, 59 anglers are already signed up to fish, which is really impressive considering the amount of time that uh, that registration has been open. I think it's going to be a it's going to be a pretty chilly tournament. I think I looked at the weather not too long ago, and it was uh, I think I saw temperatures hovering around the freezing mark. So uh, from the from the post I've seen on Facebook, it, that lake hasn't been fishing up to its potential. At least during uh, during pre practice for this tournament, a lot of guys coming up with uh, not coming up with a whole lot of fish. At least based on their at least based on their sunset and mountain pictures. So um, I'm sure there'll be I'm sure there'll be some heavy some heavy links or some some pretty decent links uh, coming to the coming to the scales come tournament time though they always do. Um, Queen City closed their season there. Uh, last year in September and September is always a wherever you are it's a pretty tough time of year to be uh, to be fishing the fish are always in they're in transition and you never know exactly where they are or how far they've traveled in that time and uh, the first place wait with a four or first, I keep saying that I fished from a boat my almost my entire life up until last year so I keep I keep saying weights the uh, the links, excuse me, from the from the September tournament last year, uh, first place was seventy three and a quarter, so and that's with a four fish limit. So that's really that's a really impressive. And I, that lake has some, from from what it sounds like, has some really good size, some really good size smallmouth and some good some good largemouth in there as well. Um, if I had to guess, I would expect that a the Smallmouth would would play more. I would I'd figure they'd be you can catch them in deep water with uh with blade baits and jigs maybe, um, but that's just me speculating based on the limited limited map study I've done on it. I am not going to be going out there to fish that event. Unfortunately, it's just too far away. And as I mentioned in the beginning, there is a uh, there's a lot going on in my world right now, so hopefully all of you who are going out there for that tournament stay safe, wear your life jackets, and uh, I think it'll end up being a good event. Even though I don't know much about that lake, um, I did interview and talk to someone who does know a little something about that lake, and that is the Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing Commissioner, Vinny Ferrari, and I talked to him on uh december 29th about what he expects from lake james and um you know kind of what he expects from from the rest of the queen city season 
So here's that pre-recorded interview. I hope you enjoy. Our first guest on this podcast is a staple in the in the North Carolina and South Carolina kayak fishing world and is the commissioner of the Queen City Kayak Bash Fishing Tournament Trail, Vinny Ferrari. How are you, Chris? Hey, how are you doing? Doing well. How's the good. audio? It's good. You're good on my end, sir. Good, so, good. Um, so yeah, we're uh if you're ready, we can uh, we can go ahead and uh, jump right into this here. Sounds good. I'm ready when you are. All right. So, uh, so as I mentioned, you're a commissioner of the Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing Tournament Trail, and uh, you know, just to, we're going to start in the uh, in the obvious place here. You know, when I when I've been uh, I've been uh, walking around the stores during uh, during Christmas time here while I've been shopping, and a lot of people are. Uh, are using their FaceTime in public. What are your What are your thoughts on that? You know, the <laughs> obvious place to start a fishing podcast. <laughs> a little uh, out of right field here, but um, that's not something I personally do. Um, when I go live, it's usually for important stuff and immediate updates, not necessarily talking about my day and what store I'm in and what I'm buying. Um, I am also someone who's not out there chasing followers on. YouTube or TikTok or social media other than my club itself. So I guess it's a personal opinion, but it's not something that I'm doing. I'm with you there. Yeah, it's been a, I don't know, there's just something about uh, if you're going to talk to somebody in, in public, I feel like you should just keep it between you and uh, you and that person on the phone. I don't know. That's odd to me. So, yep, for sure. Uh, anyway, um, so, you know, 20, 2021 comes with a, uh, you know, Obviously, this last year has been a been a been a different one. But I guess to start with, what are you most looking forward to? You know, personally in your uh, in your fishing, what are you looking forward to most in uh, in twenty twenty one? On a personal level, not on the commission level. I think traveling for a good bit of the Hobie events in twenty twenty one is probably my highest expectation. Um, I have five of them penciled in on the calendar right now. Um, hopefully the sixth one is the Tournament of Champions, but who knows. Um, but that's probably my my most exciting 2021 goal. Okay, okay. So in uh, in 2020, you've, uh, you, fished a good, you fished a couple of the Hobie tournaments, right? How did you, uh, how did those go for you? Uh, yeah, I did. I fished Seminole in February last year and I got destroyed. Um, cold front Florida fish and had no idea what to do once everything kind of shut down and that was a bad event for me and then I fished my local one here when they came to Norman and teamed up with Queen City I did fairly well nothing really to talk about and then I went to the Kuza chain I did really well on day one I was uh, leading for most of the day and then ended up top 10 after day one and then day two I ran into some local issues um a tracker was throwing a cast net in my spot one uh, another it. local stole a four pounder out of my second hole and the day just kind of went to went downhill after that i ended up finishing i think i was top 20 but at the end of the day it didn't matter and then took a shot on the shootout found the winning fish in practice and complete weather shift on game day and did terrible there as well so pretty disappointing honestly but I mean that's that's part of traveling and fishing in the big leagues absolutely I hear you there yeah it's uh it's 
traveling is something and I fished in college and uh you know going to those tournaments I always went in with such high expectations and ended up getting my getting my teeth kicked in most of the time so fishing is all fishing always ends up being a a, a learning experience anytime you whether you do good or bad so For sure. uh, I'm sure I'm sure you you're going to be able to take some stuff from last year and you know they're going to uh, Seminoles on the map again. So maybe. yeah, I'll be there. Um, house is booked. Me and the Queen City boys, we're going to roll down there and put a couple days of practice in and see what we can do, see if we can make some noise. There you go. There you go. So um, for those who don't know, um, how did the the Queen City Club, you know, kind of come to be? Um, so Believe it or not, we started our first event ever was a charity event. Um, I'm a teacher. Um, I had a small group of friends here in Charlotte about 10 years ago now. Eight, well, more like eight years ago now. And one of my buddy's sister got diagnosed with breast cancer, and they were trying to raise money. So they were reaching out, hey, can you throw 20 Can you throw $50? And I was like, I have a group of guys that I fish with here locally. I said, we can do a tournament and raise a lot more than 20 or $50. So we ended up, I ended up reaching out to that group of people and I started a charity event and I think we donated, I don't remember the real number, but it was somewhere in the $500 range. And I said to my wife, I said, you know, we pulled a good group of people together in, in one little event. I said, I think this is something that the city could really gravitate towards. And uh, I sat down with her and put, up, put together a schedule and kind of just went for it. And we put season one together and we started small, just like any club would. You know, a few sponsors jumped on to help us out. And seven years later, here we are on a podcast on a Tuesday night. That's right. So. There you go. There you go. So, uh, so I guess, you know, going back even a little bit further, where did you start kind of, where did your, where did your kayak fishing experience come from? And, um, you know, how has that helped you evolve, evolve this club? So it, it's kind of funny. Um, I, I'm from New York City. So there was no, I had never been in a kayak. Um, I grew up fishing in the ocean for bluefish and flounder and uh, what we called fluke back home, us Yankees. And um, I'd never been in a kayak. I hardly freshwater fished. If I ever caught a bass, it was by accident. I didn't know what I was doing. So I moved down here about 13 years ago and I enjoyed fishing and being outside and not having access to what I was used to. I had to make a switch. So I started pond fishing and uh, neighborhood development pond fishing and trespassing on golf courses. And I started to pick up a little here and there. And a couple of years later, I was able to catch fish consistently. And teachers here in the South don't make too much money. So I said to my wife, I was like, you know, we can't get a boat. We got to get out on the lake somehow. And we actually started in an inflatable canoe nice. getting out on Lake Wiley and catching some fish. And it just kind of evolved. and my coworker actually had been kayaking his whole life and was like, hey man, just come out with me one day. So we went in a tandem and I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta get a kayak. So long story short, I bought a $250 kayak at Dick's Sporting Goods uh, about nine years ago now. And honestly, fishing is, is a daily learning experience. You learn something new every time you go out. And so I don't ever wanna say I've reached my, where I need to be as an angler or a commish or father, parent, any of that. But um, I've learned a good bit in the last nine years being on the water. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think, and I mean, I, to your point, I think any, any good fisherman will tell you that they're, they're always, there's always something to learn, whether it's, uh, you know, a new technique that someone discovered or all of this new, new technology that's coming out. There's always something that can be, can be, can be learned in this game. Yep. Yep. Um, so kind of take me through going back to the Queen City now, kind of take me through what 2020 was like for, for you as the, as the commissioner and kind of mm -hmm. how, what your league accomplished last year. So 2020. <laughs> um, yeah, sore subject still, you know. No, you know, I'm going to be honest. Like, yes, it was crazy. Life was crazy. My job was crazy. Luckily, I, I don't think I got COVID. I, I actually think I may have gotten COVID before it was a thing. But anyway, um, the season started last year. The club decided I give a lot of power to the guys because – at the end of the day, it's their club, right? If they don't come to fish, we don't have a club. So I tend to do an off-season batch of surveys, gather some information, narrow it down, and then another batch of surveys, and then we start. So the guys decided they wanted to keep nine events, and the guys decided they wanted to start in January versus the usual February. So we bumped up and we started home on Lake Wiley early last year in January. Everything was, the fishing was tough, but everything health-wise was great. We had a weigh-in. We ate some barbecue. Everything was golden. Um, and then we went to another well-known lake in February, known for big fish. And we got hit with a cold front and 40-mile-an-hour winds. And fishing was horrible. We had, like, four limits. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is why we don't like to travel early season. And then we were all jacked up and excited for March. March was the big thing. March was Queen City double dipping with the Hobie Bass Open Series here in Charlotte for the first time, home water for us, and literally the Friday night of the captain's meeting, they implemented the no gathering, the stay at home, don't touch anybody, wear a mask, six feet, everything. Mm -hmm. hit at once and I look at AJ and me and AJ are in a building together if you guys don't know who AJ is he's the best director in the country uh, runs the Hobie Bass Open Series so we're sitting there about two feet from each other and we look at each other like what are we gonna do and uh on the spot everything became optional right you you come to weigh in if you want to you come inside the building if you want to and that's kind of the route we had to follow for the rest of the year. So we had that amazing event. Um, Queen City had 132 anglers fish that tournament. We ended up canceling. Did we cancel food? I, no, I don't think we did cancel food at the Hobie event. Um, so we had that event the full weekend, and I go home, and I call my crew and my directors and Brian, Brad, and my wife, and I say, I don't know what we're going to do for the rest of the year. And long story short, we, everything after that became virtual. And immediately I was sick to my stomach. I was like, this is going to hurt us. It's going to hurt the club. Guys aren't going to want to come to fish. And the exact opposite happened. So we are a club that's built on what you and I are doing right now, conversations and friendships and handshakes and hugs and tears. And uh, 
just relationships. And I was afraid that virtual was going to stop all that. And in the end, of course, it hurt us in that aspect. But guys still came to fish. The positives we found with having virtual weigh-ins, more time on the water, no need to rush to a building, um, no need to rush somewhere before the event. You just show up, you fish, and you go home, and then the rest falls on me at the end of the day to go live on Facebook. But we ended up having a great season, and now I feel like I might be on a tangent at this point. No, you're good. you're good. We ended up with our biggest season ever, which was almost 95 anglers a month for nine months straight. And the championship paid out the most money it ever paid out. And uh, I'm hoping we can take that momentum with the possibility of going back to weigh-ins and have a huge 2021. Absolutely. What a, you, you kind of mentioned some of the things that, that changed in 2020. Are there, are there certain things you're, you're going to implement into the uh, 21, 20, 20, excuse me, 2021 season, like carry over, carry over some of those changes to the season? So 2019 was, a, was our biggest year ever. Uh, we averaged, don't put this in stone, but I believe it was 71 anglers a month. So that was, a, that was big for us. Before that, it was the 60s and then so on all the way back. But so after 2019 and realizing how much money we had coming across the table, and going back out at the end of the day, it was a big moment for me. Uh, I had to legalize what Queen City is, so we formed an LLC, um, which led to potential other changes, right? So we started using PayPal. We never allowed PayPal before. So we started using PayPal. Um, we were too big to judge on the table now. We needed to start Tourney X. So 2020 was a drastic change for my anglers for me, for my judges, for the club, before the pandemic hit. So when the pandemic hit, it almost gave the judges and myself a chance to step away and kind of take a breath, if that makes sense, and grasp everything that had changed in the last three months. I mean, we had 132 people. Before that, our largest event was 96. So it was like, oh my God, 40 extra people just walked in the building. What are we going to do? And um, so having that chance to sit back, but everything with Tourney X and Dwayne and everything with PayPal and everything with the, the new business account, everything was a positive. And I don't know how everything just kind of fell into place like it did, but it did. So 2021 really is nothing's changing. The only, the only major change is our rules state that weigh-ins are mandatory. So until we're legally allowed to gather in a group of 100, those are going to be optional or they're just not going to happen. So for, we start next week and we're not going to have a weigh-in because North Carolina right now <clears throat> will not let you gather more than 50. Right, right. So yeah, that's, that's honestly, we're going to stay consistent. I think being consistent is, is a huge thing. I, I don't like to adjust too much. Oh, I guess I, I fibbed a little bit. We are getting rid of the hog draw. We, we um, partially outlawed it last year after the whole bend aboard scene. And we automatically approved the, the metal catch board. Well, going into 2021, the hog trough is gone and we are only metal catch boards now. Okay. So those are the two things right there. Got it. Got it. So um, 
let's get into uh, 2021 a little bit more. Um, you know, you released the schedule. I, it seems it seems forever ago, but it really hasn't been too long since you released your schedule. It's kind of what's your events are you kind of the most excited for this year? Man, I. <laughs> Of course, you're a commissioner, so you got to be excited for all of them. But which ones in particular kind of stand out? So, yeah, I think the schedule is really set up for some for some great fishing. Now, of course, Mother Nature always has something to say about that. But we're starting this this year on a cold mountain lake. Um, guys are going to listen to this and be like, Vinny, why did you pick the coldest body of water for January? Uh, there's There's a reason. The only time you're going to catch fish in, in really cold water is if it's clear. That's just, I don't think anybody wants to fish 40 degree mud. And we only have two lakes that are always clear, uh, Lake James and Lake Norman. So we ended up starting on Lake James, which I'm very excited for because we have never visited the mountain lake in the winter. It's always been blazing 100 degree weather. So now we're going to get the complete opposite, 30 degrees and the temperature yesterday was 46 on the water. Um, but I'm extremely excited for the month following that. We love Lake Norman. Lake Norman is a great fishery in February. There's a hot hole on the lake, two of them. So the lake never actually gets super, super cold. The fish never go completely dormant. So the fishing is usually amazing in February. And then we're going to Santee in, in March, which should be a pre-spawn slash spawn slugfest. Yeah, um, seven, eight, I'm in particular nine. really, really excited for uh, for that one, just because I I love that lake, so I'm excited to see what that one uh, that one ends up looking like. So that lake set our big bag record, um, six years standing, and it broke this year. And we did that in June. I think it was June. So I figure if we can go there in March, we're gonna see potentially some double digit fish. Absolutely, and, I would I would say you're right about that. Yeah. And then looking down the schedule, I have it pulled up in front of me. We, we had to switch a few things this year. Um, we have outgrown certain bodies of water, lakes that only have, you know, five or six public access points. So we have multiple multi-lake events this year. So, for instance, we called it the, what do we call it? The Foothills. Oh, man, I can't remember what we called it when we were joking around. But we're going to the Foothills and we're going to fish Hickory, which is a staple of our schedule, but we're also adding Lookout Shoals and Lake Road Hits. And then we're doing the same thing for the Yadkin Chain. And then we're doing what we have called the Carolina Clash, which is Norman, Wiley, and Mountain Island. So we have three multi-lake events, which is new, but I think it's going to work out and give guys plenty of options. And then uh, I think the big one, the one that stands out the most and I've already touched on it, is where we're teaming up with Hobie again. Uh, we have somehow been given the opportunity to work with Hobie for a second year, and we're going down to the amazing Lake Hartwell on uh, May 15th and 16th. So we're hoping to get a lot of guys double dipping in that and, you know, really hoping to push that 200 angler number for that event between us, other Carolina clubs, the Hobie traveling uh, anglers, and the Georgia clubs. So looking forward to that big time. Absolutely. Well, let's jump in. Let's talk about that uh, that Hobie relationship a minute. Where did that kind of start? And, uh, you know, how obviously it's got to be super important for your club to uh, to have that to have that relationship with Hobie. Um, where did it start? So I got to be careful with my words here. 
uh, I think AJ and I are, are, we have the same mindset. Uh, we know that at the end of the day, it's not about us. It's about the angler. And I think both of our trails are really pointed in that direction. Everything is to benefit the angler. At the end of the day, I don't matter. AJ don't, doesn't matter. It's, it's the club and the fishermen and the opportunities that are brought to the angler. So I met AJ for the first time down at Lake Hartwell. Uh, I knew who he was. I don't know if he knew who I was. You know, he's a big regional Hobie guy. So I knew who he was. Seen him at shows and um, his name was brought up at different retailers. And we went out to dinner. It was me, him, and a group of guys down on Lake Hartwell. And I was busting his chops about Hobie, of course, because I'm a native guy. And um, we just became, you know, I don't want to use the word friends at that time, but acquaintances, right, in the fishing world, in the director world. And and then I got this through the grapevine that there was another series coming. And then I got through the grapevine that it was AJ. And I was like, oh, man, I got to find out what's going on here. And when I heard there was another national level series, I just became intrigued. So we started talking. And year one, we, we weren't able to get together. And then uh, this year, we were lucky enough to get together. And he's, he wanted to come back and do it again next year. We have some great fishing here. In, in the Carolinas. Um, I'd like to say I represent both Carolinas. So we went to North last year. We're doing Hartwell, South Carolina next year. And uh, he's easy to work with. I guess that's the big overall statement. He's easy to work with. He's a good guy. And I hope we continue to work together for years. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, you know, you have the, uh, the Hobie Open Partnership and the, I forget, I, it was last week that you announced that uh, uh, you'll be teaming up with the uh, North Carolina Bass Nation as well for the uh, Lake Norman event. You want to talk about that a little bit? Um, I'm going to just touch on it just because things aren't in stone yet and I don't, that's just not really how I work. But um, they did reach out. Um, we, a bunch of directors got in a group chat and Bass Nation was kind of late to the scene and all of the schedules were already out. So there's four clubs in this general area. There's someone out three hours to the east, there's two hours to towards Greensboro, and then there's like two hours south. And all of our schedules were already out. And then Bass jumped in like, hey, I'm gonna run five events in the Carolinas, what can we do? So I sent Bass all the schedules and I said, here, your best bet is to try not to overlap. And he was like, well, why don't we double dip? So myself and the CKA director, Eric, said, all right, let's do it. So what's going to happen is it's going to be two completely separate events, which is the same way with Hobie, but they'll be going on at the same time. Now, right. Queen City, when Hobie comes to town, we take the back seat and we adopt their rules. Now, the reason we do that is because they're like 99% the same. I think really the only different one is we, we still allow clips and they don't. But other than that, almost everything's the same. So we just say, this weekend, you were using Hobie rules. Now, for bass, it's slightly different. They're, they allow motors, and we don't. And I'm pretty strong on not allowing motors. So we will not be adopting the rules if this does actually happen. It will just be two separate events going on at the same time and potentially, based on COVID, weighing in at the same location. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that... Uh you know, if it does come to, uh, come to fruition, I think that's a, I think 
you know, for the for the twenty one season especially, I think that I think that'll work out really well for I think for a lot of people. Well, yeah, what's really cool, and again, this goes back to what I stated before, it's about the angler. And I told my guys, and I'll, I'll touch on this here in a second, but I told my guys going into 21 that 21 is the year of opportunity. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make more money. I'm going to give you the opportunity to get on the national scene. I'm going to give you now the opportunity to make it to the classic, right? So with the Bass Nation, there's going to be five events in the stake, I believe. And again, none of this can be held to me. But I believe there's going to be five events in the state and none of them are going to overlap with any of ours of ours other than the double up. So these guys are going to have, again, an opportunity to fish my entire series, the whole Bass series and the whole Hobie series. And again, that's a lot of fishing, but the opportunity is there. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, it, that'd be a. It'd be almost every weekend if everyone wanted to fish all of those. But hey, if you're uh, if you're passionate about it, that's what you uh, that's what you kind of got to do to make your uh, make your mark in this game is fish fish everything you can. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You, my February on a personal level, fishing wise, is insane, absolutely insane. But I just yeah, that'll that'll be an interesting month. So you mentioned the uh, you mentioned the no motors rule, and you all you all have uh, two rules that kind of. Uh, go against uh like not not everyone quite i don't want to say go against not not everyone <laughs> uses um the four fish limit one is interesting to me too why did you decide on the uh four fish limit i don't get asked to do many podcasts this might be my second or third one but that is a question that always comes up um i'm sure, I'm sure. so people who know me who know Vinny on a personal level know Vinny is a little different than everybody he doesn't I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't wear black and white tuxes. I don't do the norm. And when I decided to put or try to put my stamp on a series here in the Carolinas, you had two options back then, right? It was a majority were doing three fish at that time and some were doing five fish. And I was like, I don't want to do three because then you're just fishing for three big bites all day. And I didn't want to do five because you shouldn't be able to win with five eleven inchers, and everyone was doing it. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let's try it. Year one. Let's do four. And we have come to. I think my guys would tell you that we've come to like it. It's a good blend of size and quantity. You're not gonna win with four twelves, but you also don't need four twenties. So you're you're living in that sixteen to eight in, eighteen inch range, which is doable, but it's not like if you go catch three twenties on our water, you go home and tell your wife, I had an amazing day. You go home and catch four seventeens and win $1,200. You had a good day, but you're not going home like, like, oh my God, I'll never do that again. So I think it's just a good realistic blend of size and quantity. And it works. We, I don't have a reason to change it. And I know that's not why you asked, but I don't feel like I have a reason to adjust it at this point. I gotcha. Yeah, I just I, it was just something interesting that <laughs> I've only I've only lived in in North Carolina a year now, and so I've, I've been just trying to you know learn everybody's kind of a you know kind of philosophy on everything. I found I found that one uh, particularly particularly interesting. <laughs> uh, as far as the as far as the no motors thing. Um, 
can you elaborate just a little bit on that? Well, I think it's a man-powered sport. Let's start there, but that's the, uh, you know, the everybody answer. Um, I will argue tooth and nail that it is a huge advantage to have a motor. Not necessarily catching the fish because you still got to catch them. Yes, and I hate that argument because you do. You still have to catch them. But if I'm sitting home and I'm looking at Google Maps, Navionics, and I see a starting spot that's eight miles away and I have to either paddle or pedal, realistically, that's not a starting spot for me. But if I have my XI3 on the front and I just got to push a button, now that can be a starting spot for me. So if you allow motors and you don't have divisions, then it's a huge advantage for that guy. And then you, somebody comes back at me with the argument of, well, then go buy a motor. I mean, that's great. If you can afford, let's just use a nice number, $3,000 for a motor, battery, the proper kayak to put that motor or battery on, then good for you, right? I can do it. I can go buy it tomorrow. But mm-hmm. is that what I really want to do? I, that's not what this sport started as. And I know things progress and change. I just don't feel it's a change that is good for the sport. That makes sense. I'm sure. People are going to listen to this and call me crazy, but I think if you're going to do it, it needs to be divisions. And you could almost even argue paddle versus pedal should be divisions, but I definitely believe that motor should be divisions. Right. Well, it's the, you know, in the boat world, it's the, it's the whole, uh, kind of like the whole live scope versus non-live scope thing. You know, it's just, it's, yeah that's the it's a debate that i'm sure will will go on for for ever and ever as to yeah i just i i I know what you're saying and i understand it and we have guys who have live scope and i have guys right now telling me they're using live scope on lake james and i'm just like man i kind of wish i had that but with the with the motor thing you're physically exhausted when you get to a spot if you're me and you're burning two and a half three miles to get to your starting spot and you've just pedaled for an hour straight. If this guy pulls up next to you with his motor and he did nothing for an hour, forget it. I mean, the advantage is is crystal clear. I got gotcha. you. So, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a it's a good argument. It's a good argument for sure. And again, there's plenty of opportunity for these guys to throw their motor on and go fish somewhere. You know, KBF is is around bass is around the other clubs in the in the state allow it i'm literally i actually had this conversation with my wife today at lunch i'm literally one of the only ones left that doesn't allow it in this general area yeah i think i think you're uh, i think you're right about that because yeah most everyone most everyone else allows them i believe so um i don't plan on changing (laughs) i hear i hear you there um so Let's shift to a, a little bit more focus on uh, on Lake James here and kind of, uh, you know, what is, you know, kind of the makeup of Lake James? Is it, it's, it's mostly a smallmouth fishery, correct? Um, in theory, in theory. Um, you have a deep, crystal clear, cold mountain fishery where you can catch all three bass, all three black bass. Um, one side is known for smallmouth. One side is known for more largemouth. I wouldn't say a largemouth side, but known for more largemouth. And then you have spotted bass that have gotten in and they're mixing up everywhere. So on normal conditions, it's a lake where you can throw top water almost all day 
they come up schooling, they come up and hit a spook from 80 feet. Um, you usually can drop shot all year round, but right now the water temperature is really cold, 44 when I launched yesterday morning. Again, I have no personal experience on this lake in this, at this time of year, but it's known for an Alabama rig bite, a jerk bait bite, deep rocky points, stuff like that. So it has the potential to put up 80 inches of bronze backs, but who knows? I guess we'll see what happens in about 11 days. That's right. Um, do you have a, so right now, uh, how many people do you have signed up? Do you know that, do you know that number right now? as of Tuesday the 29th? So, no, tax issues won't allow me to take any more money in this year. So I have to keep everything locked until the first. So everybody on January 1st will sign up, pay their membership fees, pay their team fees, go in all the side pots. I, if I take any more money in right now, I am personally going to be tax conscious. So I had to lock it until 2021. Okay, gotcha. So um, for those who, who do want to sign up for, for this event, what is the, is it all through Tourney X? What's the easiest way for, yep. for them to do so? Everything is on Tourney X. It'll populate, every event for the season will populate on January 1st. You go in there, you can read the rules. Um, you'll have an option to pay your optional membership fee, which is $40. The entry fee for the event is $58. And that'll get you a chance at winning at least 1200 And then we have side pots that include $5 for big bass, $5 for small bass. And we're doing an elite side pot in 2021, which is $75, winner take all. You mentioned the boat world before. Any boat tournament series you fish usually has an option for a side pot. So we kind of adopted that this year. And again, it was for the opportunity to win more money. So if we get 10 guys in the side pot, you're going to make a nice little paycheck on the side of your almost 12, 13, 14, $1,500 first place. Nice. Yeah, um, that's really cool. But yeah, all that's there and all you need is a PayPal account. All the money will be sent in through PayPal and the next day or that evening be sent out through PayPal as well. Got it. Got it. And uh, one thing, uh, you know, one other thing I wanted to touch on here was uh, when you were announcing uh, schedules and stuff was the uh, was the team series. Um, is there a do you have any more information on the team series? Yeah. So there's a few things and I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but if you don't mind, I'll mention it now. Yeah. There's a few things that make us stand out. Um, I think we have a couple things that other series, at least locally. And again, I keep speaking locally because I'm not out there on the national level very much. Um, that we offer that a lot of people don't. So the first thing would be is we're built on guaranteed money. Um, this season, we have bumped the guaranteed first place prize up to $1,200. Last year, it was 1100 and the first, the two years before that, it was 1000 So usually, when you can spend 50 to make 1000 it opens some eyes. And we've gotten big enough and gotten amazing support from local companies. We were able to bump the guaranteed money up to 1200 for every trail event, which are 10 this year for the whole year. So that's pretty awesome. Um, on top of that, the big bass is optional. Some guys don't wanna pay the $5. So we made it a side pot, it's 100% payback. You put your five in, you're gonna get your five out. Um, and then we do a small bass, which people who come into town and, Vinny, what are you doing a small bass pot for? Cause why not, it's fun. If you hook a five incher on a crankbait like we do, 
sometimes and you go home with $400, who's mad? Nobody's mad about that. Right. So we have an optional $5 small bass side pot. And we also give plaques and trophies out for everything that you could possibly win. First place, big bass, small bass, elite. Um, we do frame certificates for top five at every event. And this year, 2020, we got rid of the team division. But 2019 and 2018, we had the team division. Team division, And one of my best anglers came back to me and said, hey, man, why don't we try to bring that back and try to get some of that camaraderie back that we're losing through COVID with the team division? And I said, hey, man, I'm going to be honest with you. You find me a sponsor to make it worth my time to run it and the angler's time to fish it, and we'll do it. As soon as you have to split payouts, you know, you're winning $50. It's not worth it. But we got an amazing sponsor in Neogenics, and we're bringing back the team division. So the way it works is it's $100 a man for the year, but $200 a team, and we're going to pay back $100 per month per team. You have a shot to win 10 of those. And then at the end of the year, we're going to take the top three teams into what we're going to call the Tournament of Champions team division. They're going to travel with the club to the Tournament of Champions destination lake, and they're going to fish for two days, and the top three teams are going to go home with a big prize pool. We don't have the exact number yet because it's based on entries, but it will be at least $2,000 total in the purse. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like a, a, a really good deal for anyone that needs uh, that wants to that wants to fish the team trail. I think that's something that you know the the that's kind of a, an intriguing concept in the kayak world because um, you know back to back to the boat world for a second. When you fish a team tournament, everyone's on the your your team is on the same boat. Yep. And you know in the kayak world, I feel like that would be that would be interesting because you can split off and tackle two different sections of a lake potentially. It's two sections. It's two baits. It's two depths. It's two temperatures. It's, it's everything. And on a personal level in 2018, I was lucky enough to win the team division with my partner in 2019. I was lucky enough to finish third and you just take for granted the ability to call somebody and say, Hey man, I'm struggling. What are you catching them on? And then 2020 rolls around. We don't have the team division. My best friend becomes my judge. So now I'm on the water lonely. And I got nobody to call because now everyone is a competitor. And I missed it. I'm going to be honest. I missed it on a personal level. And so going into 2021, uh, my co-commish is going to be my partner. And I'm looking forward to it. We fish very differently. He paddles. I pedal. Um, we bust each other's chops a lot. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting when that phone call comes at 11 o'clock. Hey, I don't have a bite. What do I do? But, um, looking forward to it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a, that's a, uh, that's a concept that I, that I really like. And I think of, you know, a lot of other people, if, if people are, if they're coming back to you and saying they want it, I think that's going to be a, that's going to be a good thing all around. Yep. So we put an asterisk. We need 10 teams to make it worth everybody's time. So if we hit 10 teams by January 9th, um, it will be off the ground and, and we'll make it happen. Um, I didn't mention this. It is two fish per angler. So it is a full team experience. Each angler has to put in two fish. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, all right. I think, uh, you know, who for, for the Lake James event, is there a, Obviously, you don't know who all is quite signed up yet, but is there a, 
any uh, any longtime uh, club members that you're looking at, like yeah, they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be uh, tough to beat at this one. Man, um, our reigning two-time Angler of the Year and 2020 champion, Chris Goodwin, is a hammer. He is a hammer. He catches them no matter where he goes, no matter what the conditions are. He honestly has dominated the past two seasons. And um, I think a lot of anglers have a bullseye on his back for this event. So I, I think he's going to be tough to beat. I think the Matt Hodge and PC Hodge brothers are going to be tough to beat. And then at the end of the day, it's fishing and it's anybody's game. Absolutely. There could be a, anyone could, you know, especially in the, in the, uh, in the wintertime when not a lot of people, uh, not a lot of people tournament fish in the wintertime. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, to see who, who finds, who finds something. Yep. Um, I would like to give a quick shout out to Cornerstone Comfort. Um, they are our two time now Lake James title sponsor and they're a local heating and air company here in Charlotte. So give a shout out to them. Um, he was excited to come back to Lake James for this year. Lake James used to be in every other lake, every other year event. And uh, he was like, we need to go back. So let's do it again. So Jason brought us back this year. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Good deal. Good deal. So, all right, Vinny, I believe that's a, I believe that's all I have for you. Is there anything else that, uh, anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to, you want to promote before we get out of here? I just want to say thanks to you for your time. Um, thanks to all the sponsors who are supporting the club in 2021. And uh, I hope I see you out on the water this year. You're here in Carolina. No more excuses. That's right. That's right. All <laughs> right, Vinny. I appreciate your time, sir. Thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. Talk to you soon. Yep. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah. I appreciate Vinny joining me for the podcast. As I said earlier, it looks like Lake James is going to be a pretty cold event which means you need to check out Carolina Waters. Carolina Waters is a performance and outdoor lifestyle brand that celebrates the aquatic resources in North Carolina, from the mountains to the coast and all points in between. Check out their selection of lightweight performance shirts with sun protection, soft style logo tees, comfy multi-season hoodies, and a variety of headwear. Whether you are on the water or just hanging around town, Carolina Waters has you covered. And my listeners can use the code KAYAK at checkout for a special offer. Check them out at carolinawatersnc.com, on Instagram at carolinawatersnc, or facebook.com slash carolinawatersnc. Now it's time for My Best Catch, where I ask my wife Allie a simple fishing question that she has to answer correctly. Allie, are you ready for this? I am so ready. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm honored. You're welcome. The short delay is me moving the microphone from my face to her face because I'm only working with one microphone. It's not ideal. No, it's not amazing, but we're working with it. It's a new house, so maybe we can get another microphone just for you. Aw, my, my very own microphone? Thank you. You're welcome. We'll work on that. Anyway, are you ready for this week's question? I'm ready. Alright. Is a hula popper a fishing lure or an exotic dance? Did you say hula hopper? Hula popper. 
Oh, I thought you said hula hopper. I was gonna say that's when you do the, like you hula while hopscotching. Was that correct? That is incorrect. Okay, then I'm guessing it's probably some type of lure. What does that lure do? It hulas and it doesn't hop because I forgot the second part of the word. Hops. It pops. Pop, lock, and drop it. That's all for this week's segment of My Best Catch. Be sure to tune in next week for another question. Allie, thank you for joining me. Anytime. A couple of housekeeping notes before I close the podcast. I'm going to be working on improving the podcast, whether it's creating an official logo or getting a couple more sponsors. This is my first venture into podcasting, so I'm still working on some kinks as far as um, software and uh, delivery of some things during the podcast. I want to make it sound as close to live radio as I possibly can, and I'll be working through that in the next couple weeks as well. Um, next week we'll be talking about the, the previously mentioned Lake James tournament and hopefully we'll be able to get the winner of that event on. I also want to discuss the upcoming KBF and Hobie seasons as they'll be starting here in the next couple of weeks and KBF is doing something really cool that I want to get into as well. So, um, with that said, thanks again to Carolina Waters for sponsoring the podcast And thank you to everyone who listened to this first episode. I hope you were able to stick with me. Until next time, this has been the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters Podcast. 